0: what's going on everyone thank you for listening to the self-destruction podcast we give you the tools and insights to improve your lifelong learning leadership and innovation with the top minds in their field today brought to you by seac a global leader in lifelong learning and innovation check them out at seasiacenter.com i've got all of their details down in the show notes i'm your host dana blue and in this episode i speak with Pang Pudung chai the founder and managing director of impact tech thailand a social entrepreneurship accelerator Pang and I talk about some of the challenges that socially focused entrepreneurs and startups face. And we get into some of the more intricate workings of the actual startup ecosystem here in Southeast Asia and Thailand specifically. Pang drops a lot of great information in this episode. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. Pang, thanks for coming by the studio, man. Most welcome. This is uh, my first time here, so it's kind of exciting. It's good to have you over. Talk to me about uh, Impact Tech. And what that is all about, because you're the 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 founder of Impact Tech Thailand, or co-founder of it, right? And executive director, is that right? Uh,
1: co-founder and and MD. MD, not E.
0: Okay, so talk to me about what, because you guys have a unique focus in the startup ecosystem.
1: Uh, yeah, so Impact Tech basically, you know, we want to work and identify um, startups that um, basically leverage you know technology, mm. uh, and and are innovative. Uh, To tackle social issues uh, in in Thailand and hopefully outside of Thailand in the future
0: now We talk about social issues in Thailand and then from the startup perspective Right a lot of times we don't think of social issues as like high-growth companies companies that are tackling like say water shortages or you know some type of you know disease prevention We don't generally think of those as high-growth or exponential growth companies. Why focus on that space? um if
1: you look at uh you know many social issues it could be you know health tech uh yep. living tech uh education tech um, we're talking about um uh you know a mass right the mm. population and we're talking about the mass not the the top tier or the yep. mid tier we're talking about the mass so if you can uh address that mm. uh and capture that market um just having a small you know action uh you know you can you can, you know, make a, a huge difference. Mm.
0: That huge difference, but as a fund or as a, well, I guess Impact Tech's not a fund, it's an accelerator, right? You guys aren't investing money, right, just resources. Right. Right, right. But I guess which cost you money. <laughs> yes, yes. But Impact Tech came out of your other company, Right.
1: Right, so I've uh, started KP Venture Partners, mm. uh, doing M and A, merger and acquisition, as well as fundraising for companies and startups. Okay, right, and 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 in know, Thailand, in Thailand, correct, mm. and um, and we found it quite challenging for investors to put in any you know seed money uh, to early stage startups. Um, why? Because basically, um, we don't have too much insight on them. Mm. We don't. Know, understand the challenges. All we see is the the you know the pitch deck and the term sheet.
0: That that was as your your M and A company. That's correct. So or your venture company. Right. So you guys you were lacking some of the the depth of understanding in the startup space, and so Impact Tech was a way for you to kind of shorten that learning curve.
1: Exactly. Um, you know, spending three months with um, the startups, the the founders, the management, really gives us you know a great insight mm. uh, into uh, what they're doing, and try to help them uh, address many issues, um, whether it's marketing, uh, sales strategy, um, you know, the, the product, things like that, mm. just to get them in a position to to be ready for investment. Mm.
0: Now, when you look at the investment space at large, though, in Thailand, what, what do you think of it for a startup that's solely Thai, based in Thailand, not international yet? Do, do you think it's a good climate for investment? Um,
1: I think so. I think so. Um, given, you know, where um, I think the initiatives uh, from the government, from yeah. various agencies, I, I think it's really a good atmosphere and environment. Uh, there are... Obviously, you know, benefits, uh, you get sponsorship grants, um, tax benefits, and all of that. Um, but um, I, I think we're still lacking behind, you know, the, the basic fundamentals of uh, how to, you know, run, uh, mm. operate a business.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that, well, I, I mean, it's n- that's not unique to Thailand. I think maybe because when I started my first startup in 98, wow. you know, I knew nothing about business. I, I <laughs> didn't even know what a business model was. I thought me and my buddies just had a cool idea. Right. You know, and uh, we we ran it for two years. First, po- full-time, and then because we weren't making enough money, we had to do it, like, part-time, and I went to work at another startup to fund my startup. But I knew nothing about business, and I, I think that's still true for a lot of people who are getting into the game, like their mm-hmm. first time around, right? You You learn from experience, but the difference is, You look at the U.S., you look at Singapore, Tokyo, Hong Kong, they have infrastructure that we don't have. I think we're getting there. Impact Tech's a piece of that, Mm -hmm. right? Other organizations, SEAC here is a piece of that, but we don't have as a whole the infrastructure that, say, if you lived in the Valley or if you lived in New York City, you would have. Correct. Correct. You know, even Boston, which is a, a smaller scale city, has infrastructure for days because of teams out of MIT, teams out of Harvard, BU even, Northeastern, all have some type of infrastructure for people to learn these things along the way. Plus in the US you have things like the uh, SBA, which has a lot of resources for maybe not like exponential growth entrepreneurs, but small businesses. Right. I think we lack a lot of that here, not just in Thailand, but in Asia, outside mm-hmm. of like say maybe Singapore and KL. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, we want to get ahead sometimes
1: you know ahead too fast mm. uh, without looking at uh, the basic fundamentals on um, the foundation so if you don't have that uh, you're trying to take 10 steps ahead but then you know the small things will, will get you um, for example example you know uh, tax planning yeah. um, uh, IP rights and things like that so there are many things that you you take for granted and yeah. you overlook but if you had that um, uh, you know infrastructure or the training or the foundation mm. then when you get into it you address all of those issues
0: yeah. i think and that's a great point you build that foundation i think that's a, a problem that bangkok perhaps struggles with in general we're built on swampland right mm. or, or wetlands so yep. you know people <laughs> uh, you see people building 12-story buildings <laughs> on, on swamp right. but no in in general though i think if you have that foundation things that like impact tech add to to the ecosystem it helps attract more investors that, mm-hmm. I mean you, I'll, I'll ask you to speak to this. To I- when you have that infrastructure, do investors have more initial confidence in a company just based on the infrastructure for the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had one uh, investor invest in one of the startups that came through our, our first cohort. Um, you know, the, the concept, the idea, the investor liked, mm. but he wasn't sure about the execution mm. right, uh, with, with the team have the capability uh the know-how to to run uh, and sustain the business. So um after waiting, you know, 3 months, um you know, he decided to to make the investment and 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 that 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 that's a good um, you know, proof point for mm-hmm.
0: us. So he kind of he waited it
1: out and once he to waited see and then he, he he the asked, you know, uh so what do you think? Yeah. Right. So um uh, I gave him uh, you know, feedback and all that and at the end, you know, the the confidence was there, uh, the investment was there.
0: Yeah. Now, that that was in Cohort 1, right? Right. And you're, you're about to start 3, or you're interviewing right. for 3. We're interviewing for 3. Okay. Yeah. How long is that period open for? Um, No more than a month. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, everyone. They'll already be closed by the time you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Look for Cohort 4, though. We can do that in parallel. Yeah, I'll, I'll put all the links to Impact Tech in the show notes so that people you. can find you and check it out because okay. I, I think it's an important program in – I, I know I give you a hard time at the beginning about the the growth and the profit potential for social cause enterprise mm-hmm. or startups, but it's a space that makes a difference. And I, we were at um, Boone Squared. Is that what he's calling Boon Squared or yeah, Boon Two? Yeah,
1: uh, Boon Two or Boon Square. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, the other night, and the guy Arc talked, mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to be having him on the podcast pretty soon. Okay, great. Where he only does social enterprise; he doesn't pay himself. Yeah, so, he's got to have some funding coming from somewhere, I'm sure. Right. But the the difference is that that's his motivating factor is to make change.
1: Yeah, impact and change. Yeah,
0: you know, and I- if someone can do that, and and actually see a difference being made, you know, it, it, it is a powerful thing, and that can spur other things that might be market opportunities for for growth
1: yeah absolutely absolutely if you don't if you don't do that then then there's no real opportunity I mm. think,
0: right? yeah i was just at demo day for impact tech uh cohort two yeah, thanks so thanks for coming by thanks for having me uh some fantastic some absolutely fantastic uh startups going through there we actually had uh orson from spot on on the show and i've got his name uh fred uh no uh from the Micro Oh, uh, micro-learning. The uh, German guy. Uh, oh, Mike. Mike. Mike, Mike, not Fred. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Fred. Who no, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Mike coming on uh, Friday. Okay, cool. But really interesting tech space, really interesting groups in mix, a really interesting mix from guys like Orson, who I think is really early. Uh, he's got a product, but he doesn't seem to have the everything connected yet. Right right. Where then you had people who were doing like fully baked uh real estate uh type of platforms that were were interesting. Right right. How would you pick that spread of like super early to maybe almost series A ready? Uh well,
1: we we wanted to make the the cohort kind of uh dynamic and what we saw again having the uh the interviews uh, prior to the cohort mm. uh you know we we felt that um know there's a good chemistry mm. and there's potential for them to kind of partner to create some unique uh value proposition or services mm. um to take for example uh home price right mm. they were doing a uh well th- the aim is to di- digitize and revolutionize the, the home decor and furnishing business mm. and then here you have sellerate right mm. managing agents yeah. uh, outside of thailand uh, buying uh, properties, uh, condos mm. in Thailand. So, we saw that it was a nice, you know, um, potential for some type of a partnership. And and, and did and that happen? That did happen. Okay. Yeah. So this is the beauty of you know having, uh, perhaps you know, an early stage versus uh, someone that's more advanced. Mm. Uh, they can complement each other. And for those that are in early stage, now you have uh, good traction. You have an acceleration to, to do something with a more mature startup.
0: And accelerate was probably the one when I was talking about almost Series A ready. That's them. I yeah, mean, their yeah. their platform's fully baked essentially. Yes. And they 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 understand their next like year of growth. Right. Right. Whereas um the the AR guys for the furniture, good idea. A lot of tech. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was quite there. Right. Right. But it was interesting. Right. You know, that's one of the things that I. I really liked about it is is that you did bring that those groups together and you made relationships, you made partnerships happen. So that happened organically during the cohort. Did they see that themselves, or did you kind of have to corral them together?
1: Um, I think you know, to be honest, I had to kind of you know hint a (laughs) little bit to say, hey, what if, you Mm -hmm. know, you had uh, this capability? Uh, Would that give you you know more um, uh, presence? Would that give you another channel to to you know, secure revenue. Mm. So, you know, I, I didn't point the fingers, but I kind of hinted to, to. but then at the end they, they say, oh yeah, you know, if we did this or if we, you know, explored this, yeah, I- it could be another, um, you know, a solid uh, offering to their clients.
0: Yeah, win-win. It's a win-win, right. yes. You know, that, that's one of the things that, that's interesting. And, you know, that's one of the other things that you see come out of other accelerators or other programs quite often is that Two companies kind of come together and, like, oh, this maybe we're better together than you know, separate exactly You know, different areas, exactly with cohort one that's been kind of baked for a while now that they've been out. Have you seen any big successes come out of cohort one? Uh, yes,
1: um, there's several, uh, one in particular, uh, Chiwi. Okay, uh, they were doing um, uh, med tech, so telemedics, basically having uh, an online platform where. Um, right now they are focus on uh, female. Okay. So you can be anywhere and basically have access to to uh, consultation, mm. um, you know, doctor consultation. Um, and they're doing well. They they had um, you know investment uh, in the first round. Now they're moving towards the second round of fundraising. Nice. Uh, secured a, a very nice uh, client. Um, I don't think I can mention that. No, but no, uh, no, no, no but need. They but they have they have a good client that yeah. they locked in for about a year year and a half. Wow. So, um,
0: yeah. So, uh, no, don't don't name the client. But are they offering it as like a service to an employer for the employees, or are they? Is no, it they're
1: offering it to one of uh, uh, a company that's providing, um, say, health.
0: Uh, oh, so they're providing services exactly. for that company. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So
1: that company, all of a sudden, now they're innovative. Mm. Um, they're able to um, offer their clients um, uh, better
0: services. You know, that, the whole telemedicine space, I think, is, is a huge opportunity, especially for areas, countries like Thailand. You look at the Philippines, Indo- Indonesia, mm. all those archipelago nations, telemedicines, right. huge upside potential, and those are all our neighbors. You know, even you get out to southern Thailand with all the islands or up in the north with all right. the tribes, Right. very easy to see value-add for a health provider in that space. I remember during uh, Demo Day, though, for Cohort 2, one of the judges felt strongly that uh, one of the uh, cohort members didn't have a solid understanding of telemedicine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was was a tough one. (laughs) I won't name Robert's name. (laughs) So so what other wins have you had out of Cohort 1, though?
1: Um, Um, There is another uh, company doing... um, um, well, the name is Young Happy. Yeah. Uh, so they basically addressing the uh, the aging population. Mm. So they created a um, uh, social media and and a platform where you know uh, older people can get mm. together and and do activities and things like that. Oh, nice. So so they're doing well. Um, they're you know trying to uh, raise funds still, but uh, the traction is there. Really, it's just a matter of putting you know the numbers together mm. and. and positioning it to perhaps, you know, investors that have certain appetite for, for this.
0: Mm. That's interesting because it's a huge upside in a lot of countries, but Thailand's population is getting older. Yeah. And in two years, oh, oh less than a year and a half now, actually, 2020, the workforce starts to shrink. Right. So we have less young people coming into the workforce and we have older people retiring out of it, which leaves a huge potential market of underserved elderly or retired individuals right. who still have because of advances in healthcare and things like telemedicine mm-hmm. a huge life ahead of them as far as activity and spend right and, and also um you know
1: people are are i mean the, the workforce shrinking but these you know, these people are, are living longer. Mm. They need uh, income as well. So what Young Happy does is that, you know, they, they get people together. And, for, for example, if they like making coffee, mm. um, you can, you know, get together, make coffee, sell sell the coffee, um, do some, you know, marketing here and there. Mm. So, you know, this extra income mm. for those folks that uh, are not, you know, Per se in the workforce,
0: yeah, or looking to you know, create their own small business or exactly, entrepreneurial exactly, endeavor. Exactly, you have to keep busy; otherwise, mm. you're just going to be, you know, bedridden. That's one of the things that, you know, retirement is probably my biggest fear. <laughs> and, and I'm only—I'll f- be 40 in a couple months. Huh? I'm getting old. That's yeah. why my knees hurt all the time. Uh. But uh, you know, I—that—that is my biggest fear in life—is retirement. Like, what do you do when you're done doing whatever? So I've always tried to position myself so I'll never have to retire. Right. right. I can just keep working, doing something. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not there yet, but um,
1: even on vacation, you know, you know, if you're off one week, I mean, after the second day, you're like, well, I'm bored, you know, what am I going to do?
0: In the same way. I'm like,
1: you know, so you have to, you have to, you know, I, I think, you know, when you get to that stage, you know, find something that you're passionate about. Uh, you know, get involved, mm.
0: uh, create something that, uh, you know, that keeps you busy, keeps you going. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, I was thinking back to my first startup. It was 20 years ago, and I was like, "Oh, that w- it doesn't seem that long ago." And then I'm thinking forward to like 60. I'm like, "Oh, it's not that far away." What <laughs> I got a lot to do.
1: I know. I know.
0: <laughs> Time flies. You know, it, it's crazy, but. And you look at those two perspectives, it's like, I don't have that much time left, maybe. I have to yeah. kick it into high gear. Yeah, yeah. And my girlfriend's like, why are you so crazy about that? i like, I've got to build a legacy. Right, right.
1: <laughs> you have to build a plan, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. W- when you retire, if you don't have that plan, I mean, you, it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to take you even longer to, to execute it. Yeah. Well, I think
0: mean, for me, I mean, it's more, I want to, I think I'm all set now for the, re- like, If I if I did retire, I'd be okay. But I want to, leave something more than the sum mm. of me. Right, right. You know, ideally. But you know, I think about the ecosystem here, there's so much growth potential. And, you know, it's one of the things that I'm glad some like you at Impact Tech, you guys are, are taking initiative to to at least build a piece of it and with your other company w- trying to bring venture capital into Thailand what have you seen challenges from like say bringing american investors to here or are most of the investors that you you talk with or, or interact with are they thai looking to invest in the thai ecosystem um i would say most of my
1: uh you know investor network is is uh thai and regional here in yeah. southeast asia um there's, there's um people with wealth Mm. And, and looking to make, you know, smart uh, investment decisions.
0: So you're, looking you're, you're working with high-net-worth individuals right. who are looking to be angel investors versus right, exactly. funds. Yeah, because I, I,
1: I feel that, you know, high-net-worth um, individuals, they also have, you know, their own businesses, mm. right? And if their business can help the startups to accelerate growth, mm. it's, it's really nice. And then that's what happened with, um, you know, SheWe. um Uh, from the first cohort yeah right um, if you have an investor but they're passive and they're not contributing to growth Mm. you know then then it's just money what's
0: it worth exactly yeah and w- so was that one of your clients, your bigger clients, who came in right. to as the investor there, and they kind of took that, like you said, they took a step back, waited to see if they were able to execute. Once they saw that, right, right. they could pull the trigger. They said, "Okay, we'll we'll cut a check." Exactly.
1: Yeah, they wanted uh, to see you know progress and then also get my feedback mm. um, as well uh, in terms of you know uh, what what stage, uh, what are the challenges. Mm. It's not that you know they won't have challenges. They at, at least we know them and we can mitigate and we can address them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I I like about that model is when a company like, say, a family business or a a small medium enterprise comes in and they want to invest in a startup because they see parallels, they see Mm. synergies, and they they sort of fold them into the fold where it's it's not quite an acquisition, but Mm. it's sort of like their own internal incubator. Right, right. I think there's a lot of benefit to startups, especially in this region with that. Whereas if you were in the Valley or like in New York, I would say, yeah, mm. probably not the best move early stage. But here is so much value because that infrastructure lacks. right? And like you said, if the investor can not just bring money but bring resources, mm. knowledge, expertise, then it's a beautiful marriage. Right, exactly. I mean, if you look at,
1: um, you know, SMEs, SMEs, you know, outweigh basically large corporates here in, in, in Thailand and in other countries as mm. well. But... Um, the the generation that's you know taking over or managing those businesses are you know different generation right yeah. so so they're more innovative and mm. um, they embrace and uh, understand the value of technology so uh, you know if they want to you know continue to grow mm. uh, sustain and compete then they have to innovate and one of the things that instead of you know innovating that in house then you bring in a, a startup that mm. can help them uh, you know really take that leap shake things up a bit shake things up a little bit yeah
0: now that transitionary period especially when you look at like smes or family businesses where it's sort of passed from parent to child or parent to grandchild depending on what the generational gap is Mm -hmm. that transition can be difficult I had uh, friends in Malaysia who they were the grandkids who were going to be taking over the family business and they had this like 10- year plan right to to ease them in as they were coming they had worked their way up for like 10 years, and so for the next 10 years they were working their way up to that sea level position and they started their grandparents gave them the ability to start appointing board members and they asked me to sit on the board for a year mm-hmm. as like this nice. old I'm about 10 years older than them. So I think their thinking was that I would be like this older dude who would <laughs> kind of be the transition as they brought in more tech people to the board, mm-hmm. which which is what happened. So when my year came up and I, I knew that was the time, I was like, all right, I'll step back, just kind of be the sort of mentor to you guys like I was doing before. And they filled my spot with someone who was like two years older than them. Right, and but it, it worked perfectly because it c- I think it got their parents, board members, used to seeing someone consi- considerably mm-hmm. younger. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, it's like pr- younger person, and so it, they're in that transitionary period. But they've got, they did a good job by planning it out ten years, you know, and mm-hmm. saying their their grandparents did like all right, these are the ten years, and their parents are kind of running that executive level and understand that the kids will come up and take over. And I think the grandparents and parents are all going to retire kind of at the same time. Right, right. Yeah,
1: I mean that the whole transition or the transformation of a business, you know, doesn't happen overnight. Mm. Um, so you have to do a lot of, um, you know, nurturing, educate, uh, educating, mm. uh, different, um, you know, people at different levels. Yeah, um, so and really understand where they're coming from and 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 help you know with that process Mm. um, they're not gonna say yes you know to to change overnight Mm. but you have to find ways to um,
0: show them Mm. uh, actions speak louder than words right exactly I think it goes back to the whole impact tech thing too, right? If you're making impact, speaks louder than should speak louder than profits.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're, we're, you know we have great um, support from uh, NIA, mm. uh, very supportive in in sponsoring us for uh, the past co- uh, several cohorts already. Uh, and Are they
0: on board for cohort three as well? I
1: I believe so. Yes. Okay. So um, you know, I mean, th- that's why you know having. NIA as as a key sponsor mm. helps us to really you know focus on what what we do mm. and not worry about you know funding as much. I mean yeah we we, we as much as we want to
0: have you know uh, more working capital but you know we're we're very lean. I think that's a good lesson to learn though from a startup perspective is uh, one of the things I hate about the startup world today. And I know it makes me sound like an old man, but <laughs> you know these kids today and their startups, but uh, everyone wants to raise capital right away. Mm-hmm. and no one wants to proof their concept and understand that they're market ready. Yeah. You know, and I've I've raised capital early on for startups. So I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it too. But like my last my biometric informatics company that we exited from uh we ra- we were raising capital when one of the investors wanted to buy the IP out from the mm-hmm. company. So he just wanted to absorb it into one of his companies. It was a good opportunity for like a very fast exit, but all my media companies that I've sold, I never had capital invested. Mm. I grew them organically, I put right. the time in. But the the benefit was I had failed a media company. I understood what didn't work. Right. Learned some very, very painful and hard lessons, but then applied that to a model that I replicated. Right. And so I think the you know, those types of lessons are important. And one of the things I, I really get discouraged with is when I see startups come in and they say oh we want to we want to do this right away and you know raise capital and like hey you need to have a track record first right right
1: um even having capital doesn't equate to success right yeah n- so not at all you know the what i try to tell the startup is that you know you're at your best right mm. when you have the least working yeah. capital because you're you you have to you know think harder you mm. have to look at uh, shortcuts you mm. have to you know generate results be creative traction, be creative uh, be lean yeah. streamline and that's how you know you need to function right oh so th- if you can do that mm. with limited capital imagine you prove that you have that traction once you have capital then you are you know
0: I- I- it's a good feeling i remember in the 90s i was working for a, a startup called cosmo.com it was amazon back startup mm-hmm. in boston this is when i was i had I was started working there when I was trying to fund my other startup, and they spent money like crazy like right. this was like nineteen nineties late nineties early two thousands dot com money so <laughs> you, you can imagine, and the other startups we hung out with someone would close around and it'd be a huge party right like, really this is all the funds are gone yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know it's like at the time you're like, this is awesome, this is what startup life is like, and then two thousand and one happened. And I was like, oh, this is what startup life is like. It's very different. Right, right. You know, and that was a a good learning experience for
1: me. Right. I mean, I I think if you don't spend money, you don't, you know, you don't lose money, you're not going to learn and you're not going to, you know, have that experience Mm. to really help you to be successful.
0: The other thing, when you bootstrap, it's your cash on the line so right. you're looking at you you feel every single penny that like gets squeezed you and bet yeah, like bet. can i cut this penny in quarters and right, you know like right, right. you know so you feel it and, I, and that makes you if you don't understand fiscal responsibility after bootstrapping a startup you did something wrong correct yeah. i think the fact that you guys run so lean at impact tech is a testament to that and it should, you know it teaches through example right you go into something like y combinator where a lot of very successful companies that come out of, but obviously it's it's a very wealthy program. Right, it's a very right. wealthy program, and you don't come out with the same understanding of discipline, f- you know, fiduciary responsibility that you do, you know, with something like Impact Tech, where it's much right. leaner. I think you're more creative when you're put in a
1: corner, yeah, and you have sure. no choice, you know, but to to do something mm. to survive, to create something. Uh, so again. That's that's the the mentality that we try to instill in, in you know a lot of these startups. Mm. You
0: know, wha- for you, what's the biggest takeaway that you've seen from the companies coming out of out of Impact Tech? Like, what do they take away the most from the program?
1: Um, I think they they definitely improved on their soft skills. Mm. Um, you know, everybody needs to have that, right? And, you know, to, to manage their their employees, to um, you know. Do the things that you know, unsaid mm. things, right? Um, so, so I would say, yeah, soft skills, uh, managerial skills, um, and uh, I think that's what that's what we try to build mm. um, with them during the program as well.
0: I think that's that's somewhere I've always lacked, and uh, it's something I've been working on recently, and it is is definitely difficult. And now that I'm transitioning from having been an entrepreneur for so long to Mm. You know, i'm I'm working essentially with s e a c full time and having to understand that i 'm not the the top of the food chain, and you know there there's relationships i have to manage better and right, right. it's it's a difficult transition they've been very graceful with me <laughs> it's just you know communication um,
1: is you know building the network yeah. uh, presenting uh, everything you know believe it or not is is you know investors are looking at you to yeah. say hey okay you you know your your stuff right you know your software you know yeah. your product but are you able to articulate that mm. are you able to you know speak about it to be a leader to be a leader and, yeah. and and you know build a team right so so part of the whole investment criteria for a lot of the investors is that does the team have what it takes to to mm. execute
0: you know that's one of the things i've seen is, uh, when i've pitched in raise capital is team is always that key mm-hmm. Do you ever see companies that come into Impact Tech? I know it's only been two cohorts, but where you know the team drastically changes during that that three month process because they realize they need a better fit or they need to strengthen certain areas if they want to really move forward. Yeah, I think um,
1: you know a lot of uh, teams that come in they have uh, perhaps you know um, a, a tunnel vision, yeah. If you will, and what we try to do is get get them to you know. Look at uh, problems differently, um, you know, more, more, you know, multi-dimensional, di- uh, mm. and and also, you know, discuss, get feedback, um, and get everybody involved, mm. right? The success is not only just one person or two persons, it's, it's it's the entire team. Mm. So um, I think we well what I saw at least is more uh, collaboration uh, amongst the key management a- a- and the team. Mm. Um, rather than you know being a silo or uh, you know uh, a one-man show yeah um, there's more of a um, cohesiveness uh, with the team
0: and there's very few one-man shows in in business right you know, one of the things that I've seen and I'll, I'll ask you if you've you've actually witnessed this in your work with impact tech when I've worked with startups really early on and you have a group of founders who work well together that you know someone Mm. has the vision someone supports it someone puts the operational piece in place they work great and then the real trouble comes when it's time to scale and build a build a team with employees under you right they fail then right because they don't understand or they don't have the the concept yet of leading People under you and in, in in motivating them and managing them, right. and you know when you're three partners or four partners or two partners working together, everything's great. You add employees to the mix, and it starts to fall apart. <laughs> have you have you seen that coming through Impact Tech yet? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, it's
1: you know something that I think even myself, you know, y- you we're still learning. Mm. It's it's it's, uh, it's a continuous uh, process. Why? Because uh, the workforce coming in, uh, Dana, they're, you know, uh, is millennials, right? Mm. Um, their their expectation of the company, of you, uh, and the way uh, way of work is, is totally different from what we're used to, right? Mm. So you have to understand that. You have to, you know, understand what motivates them. Um, what are they seeking? Mm. Uh, what are they expecting? And try to, you know take the goods right mm. uh, and try to elevate that and, and get them to be productive mm. right I mean if you look at just the, the negative side then obviously you know then, then you're gonna be stuck mm. so I mean it is what it is so I, I think it's, it's all about again it comes down to the soft skill right h- h- the way you, you communicate you talk you engage mm. interact the way you empathize with those people exactly exactly mm-hmm. once you start having staff you really to, to em- empathize with them and mm-hmm. understand.
0: One of the people I've seen do that really well is a uh, CEO of a a startup called Globish, uh, Troy, who Ah, I I, I mentor him a little bit, and uh, we're we're friends, but he really, really empathizes intuitively Mm -hmm. with his teams. So important. Yeah, and uh, I, I just see... The way he leads is is so much different than the way I've ever led, and you mm-hmm. know, I, I maybe I go in and I, I maybe give him advice, or he he wants to talk to me about certain things. But I learn a lot from watching him with right. his teams. Right. And I don't know if Glovish will be a unicorn. It, it very well might, but I, I believe that Troy, as an entrepreneur, will probably create a unicorn. Mm. You know, in the future. Yeah. You know, just because of the way people definitely relate to his leadership style. It's one of the, the most powerful things to see an an empathetic, impactful leader. Right. You know, take right. take a team and, and mold them. Exactly. I mean you're not gonna be a leader if you
1: you don't have, you know, the buy in mm. from, from your your staff, your team. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. it makes me often wonder about when I see someone like Troy who's, who's very empathetic, he feels for people and he's he's very focused on what he's doing. He believes in the cause of Globish. Mm-hmm. Then I look at someone like Elon Musk, who's very clearly an introverted kind of <laughs> engineer. And I, I would imagine that is on the opposite end of the empathy spectrum. Right. You know, when you look at the way he, he acts and, right. you know, I, I often wonder, I'm like, what wh- what is it that attracts his teams to, to stay, you know, and. Uh, I, I don't know. Good question. I mean, he's
1: being sued by the SEC right now. Oh, they just—they I mean settled. Oh,
0: they settled. Yeah. Okay. So he he has to step down as <laughs> chairman. So he he can stay as CEO, but has to step down as chairman for at least three years. Right. He has to pay a personal fine of twenty million USD, and Tesla has to pay a fine of twenty million. Tesla has to install two new directors on the board, as well as uh, a team that will vet Elon Musk's public communications. Right. Right. I think it's really unfortunate, um, you know, for the employees. Mm. I mean,
1: they joined because they they like the the idea, the concept, the whole vision. Mm. But if you have a leader um, that's that's you know acting uh, in such a, a way, obviously, it's not beneficial to to anybody, mm. right? Even the the shareholders, the investors.
0: For sure, and I, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I think the SEC act SEC acted correctly on was that his statements. Because uh, they it's turned it's out to be unfounded, yeah. we're not in the fiduciary interest of the shareholders. No, absolutely not. Yeah. With Tesla, do you know the story about, um, essentially, Elon Musk has rewritten the history of Tesla? He wasn't the actual founder of the company. Uh, no. So no. he, they, their communications always project him as the founder of the company, but Tesla, in its current... In its current form, he actually he molded it much more than the original founders. They had this these two engineers who had actually built an e-reader before they started Tesla. You know, they started Tesla and they built an electric motor. They built the guts of the vehicle and put it inside a uh, Lotus Elise. Mm. Was their their prototype car their Roadster? Okay, but. Elon Musk came on as the primary investor and eventually ended up becoming the primary shareholder of the company and then ousted the two founders. Or no, ousted the one founder who was the CEO, took his position, the other one left shortly after. Mm. And they've since rewritten it to seem like uh, Elon Mm. came up with this idea of the electric car. Took all the credit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting conundrum. Like, he clearly didn't found the company he he promotes himself as the founder. And they're actually, I believe, they're still actively suing him over the way that it's communicated. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. But he's actually, he's actually the one who shaped the the roadmap for Tesla as an electric vehicle company. But he definitely wasn't the founder, so it's it's strange, but it, it, it's a weird situation right, when, when right. you think about it. And even if you go back to the whole PayPal X dot com thing, it's same thing you know, it's funny because he was fired as CEO, but he was the biggest shareholder. It was was a very complicated mess, but he's done okay for himself.
1: No, exactly.
0: Well, I want to start wrapping it up, Pang, but I want to ask you before we go, looking, going back to the beginning of our conversation and looking at the ecosystem here in Thailand, from your perspective as someone who brings capital in, manages mergers and acquisitions, and incubate startups what do you think of the key pieces that we need in the next two to three years to really start to build that foundation so we can build to one of the greatest economies in the region right um, I
1: think you know for me
0: it's just to you know take a couple steps
1: back and, and see you know because eventually the the good quality startups are, are not going to you know the pool is not going to be there mm. so I think we have to know a good you know five steps back and, and say okay what do we need to do to cultivate this right mm. so part of um, you know impact tech initiative is to to run uh, to run you know several workshops um, focusing on um, you know the the, the 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 techies if you will or mm-hmm. the Millennials to let them know you know what what what, what is you know what is the start-off uh, journey life is mm. um, and give them inspiration give them ideas Um, so from that you may get a nice group that say hey you know what i i I love this right i Mm -hmm. love this world i love this journey uh, i want to tackle this particular issue so then you start you know from the ideation stage and and you develop that right into maybe an mvp and things Mm -hmm. like that so that's i I think you have to go back and really build that foundation by by educating by uh, you know giving inspiration to Mm -hmm. those those younger uh you know generation uh, but then you also have to work with the uh, the you know the s- smaller uh, businesses mm. to help them to innovate uh, because they you know I, I think they take up maybe 65% or it's something like that. something like that's a huge number. Yeah, of of the uh, the corporates in, in in Thailand. So if you don't help them to innovate and then, what's going to happen do right?
0: you think building that innovative culture at that level will trickle down to more startups? I think so. I think otherwise you know there's
1: so many programs out there today mm-hmm. and it just say, "Hey, apply, 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 uh, and then you're just pushing you know uh, the the quantities mm. through without any quality. so you know we like to step take take a step back like I, s- I said to um, to really you know educate and, and work with these people to understand, you know, how they can make an impact, how mm. they can address, you know, these social issues, but again, you have to go back to, to create that, right? Mm. It's not going to, you know, you're not going to have quality start up from from day 1 and, and it will be depleted at, at one point
0: for sure. I mean, I think with especially, you know, the brain drain, you know, we're losing a lot of quality entrepreneurs to Singapore mm-hmm. and to Malaysia where the ecosystems are, are more vibrant. And then not even to mention the ones that, you know, obviously jump ship, go work in the Valley or New York. Sure, sure. You know, I I think we have the opportunity to build a a great startup culture here as well. And I I think you're you're definitely right on that. Maybe we have to take a few steps back because, you know, a, a few people might have skipped a few.
1: Yeah, I mean the funding there, you know, the, the tax benefits, the infrastructure, the support from the government. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. all there, Dana, right? But yeah. but again, I I just you know I just I don't know. May- maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel as though you know we but need to. It's to built go on swampland. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now I think the government you know took took a big initiative. They, they've done a few different things, and but I agree, it, it's built on. It's not built on a solid foundation. Right. I think that's up to the ecosystem players like you and me, to yeah. to take action and try to change. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, Peng, thank you for taking the time to uh, come on today, man. I hope to have you on again uh, during cohort three. Yeah. Come on and give us an thank update. You. It was awesome. All right. Thank you, man. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Dana.
0: You've been listening to the self Disruption Podcast brought to you by SEAC. To find amazing resources on lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation, you can check them out at SEAsiaCenter.com as well as their links in the show notes. And for more great conversations like this one, you can find our archive at selfdisruptionpodcast.com.